Willkommen and bienvenue to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn, but I can be an oily Joel Gray if you wish. Please. Uh, no, I changed my mind. I'm wearing the wrong shirt. Uh. Kevin, this is a big, big show that you wrote. It's extending into Happy Infinitude, yeah. the Schmalkaldic League saga. What's this about? Yeah, you're going to want to pin yourself to the radio for the next two episodes after this one as well, listener, because we begin a three-part epic that has to do with an interesting geological contretemps that occurs in the Habsburg punk universe of the Schmalkaldic League. The Neptunians versus the Vulcanists. This week, our episode is called The Neptunians. Next week, it's The Vulcanists, and we will wrap everything up in a super big, action-packed third part in two weeks. So almost all of our cast is involved with this. The scale is off the scale. Right. The scales have scales. The scales have scales. And at least one of your favorite Schmalkaldic League members will be turned into an eel. I won't tell you who. (laughs) But you can start guessing, and we'll be checking our Reddit feed as soon as we get one. So with very little time to introduce the Neptunians to you, I think we're going to turn to that. And here we go. The year is 1531 in a world much different from ours. Welcome to yet another sprawling entry in the Chronicles of the Schmalkaldic League, 16th century Protestant Europe's secret coterie of spies, tinkers, and scapegraces whose every effort aims at foiling the Catholic Church and its protector, Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. In previous episodes, we've seen the origins of the leaders of the Northeastern European Schmalkaldic League cell, Countess von Euxkull, Grimhilda the Psychosomatic Poisoner, Mechtild of the Phantom Limb, and Aldo Crassplasian, Hungary's King of Puppets. We've glimpsed the power of some of their greatest enemies, including Margaret of Parma, Charles V's daughter and chief torturer, as well as the surprisingly knowledgeable about wines, Count Crimson, and the deadly intelligent vegetables called the Huzon Frisee. But now the Schmalkaldic League faces its greatest challenge in an adventure that was too big for merely a full-length radio play. The story that kicks off today extends into two more action-packed episodes, although the third part ends a little abruptly, and part two is way too dialogue-heavy. Without any further exposition, it's Chronicles of the Schmalkaldic League, the Neptunians. We begin the tale in one of the crazy pavement alleyways of the dramatically beautiful city of Borzovia, just down the river from Bad Homburg. Hey, announcer! I thought you said, without any further exposition. Listener, that's Aldo Crassplasian, Hungary's king of puppets and a key member of the Schmalkaldic League. Look, Aldo, if we just start the drama without setting the stage... Blah, blah, blah. These bodies, the script has me disposing of, are starting to stink. So less flapping of the lips, more enterprise, you know? Fine, but I was just going to say... Your part is done. Now, I sing. Deep cover, deep cover When you've got to cover your gluteus maximus Go to deep cover You know the emperor is looking for you But leaving Europe's not something you can do Deep cover 
Hey, mate. You here in the alley under deep cover? <laughs> you speaking to me? What would make you think that? Well, you're not exactly making a secret of it, are you? You're hiding. Nonsense. I'm just a boring old citizen of, uh, what's the city called again? Borsovia. Yes, that's right. I'm a town elder of this here city, Borsovia, and I'm doing nothing more than looking for a place to dump some big full pokes that I left sitting over there. Poke, did you say? Pokes, yes. Big burlap sacks, as they name them in the unified kingdom of Scotland and Norway. You know, pig in a poke and so forth. Say, do you know if this is a manhole for the sewers here? Well, it looks like your pokes are leaking, mate. Well, I wish you'd not seen that. Because this kind of destroys my deep cover if I can't dispose of enemy bodies while still staying out of the limelight. Too bad. What you gonna do about it? Hey, I can be bought. But I have no money. Well then, I'll just need to take your bribe out of your hide. Instead, how about if I have an enormous bat simply sweep you off the street? (laughs) Yeah, like that's likely to happen. Of course, it's a giant marionette bat, but it does the job so long as I'm pulling the strings. Okay, Newt the Assassin, in the drink you go. Tell him that Aldo Crossplayson, Hungary's King of Puppets, sent you to your hell. You're followed by your buddy until the end, Chris the Assassin. As Kit Marlowe cribbed from somebody else with more talent, Quote, a man may fish with the worm that hath eat of a king, and eat of the fish that hath fed off that worm. Once again, the Holy Roman Emperor's assassins learn their lessons too late. Don't mess with the Puppet Master. And now we shift our attention to Bad Homburg, a spa town in Bohemia and the last known destination of the leader of the Schmalkaldic League, the vivacious yet dangerous Countess von Yuxkul. I must find a place to hide. Where does one hide in a spa resort? Where? Excuse me, ma'am. If you're going into the baths, you'll need a towel. Oh, you undiscerning fool. I don't need a spa treatment. I need somewhere to hide. Well, the big pool room's still here. How long can you hold your breath? Not long enough. But wait, you're a servant here. I could use your help. It would be a shame to trade my current body for a new one, but my pursuer would never suspect a common bath attendant. Why don't you come over here, you funny little man? Well, if you say so. Look into my eyes. Look deeply. You will soon feel you are looking into a mirror. Damn your eyes! You're a golem, aren't you? Well, yes. Unbelievably poor luck. 
Uh, say, are there any living human beings spa attendants with normal brains around? Oh, Countess. Curses. Yeah, who is that then? That's Margaret of Parma, Charles V's daughter and chief torturer. Ah, the guests are always playing games, like hide the soap. It really is all over for you and your cronies, Countess. I prefer to call them henchmen. One gets a tax break when claiming their services. I'm afraid your golem butler, Mr. Dyer, met his end in the spa resort's garbage compactor. It was a slow and fairly painful death. You'll pay for that, Margaret. Why don't you come out of this warren of passageways, little rabbit, and face your demise with dignity? You know, Gollum, I think I will take that bath now. Oh, here's a towel. They recommend you disrobe before soaping up, but that's up to you. I have to clean the pools every night any which way. Say nothing of my passage. I'll have your head. You may count on my discretion, ma'am. Ah, the big pool. This is where your spring-fed labyrinth comes to an end, eh, pool boy? Did anyone, by any chance, go through that door? Uh, no. I see. No one went through the door. But is anyone in the pool? I, uh, uh, yes. Yes, it was the woman who told me to say nothing of her passage. Ah, just as I suspected. Isn't the golem intelligence delicious? Are you going in, ma'am? Would you like a towel? No, on both counts, Mr. Short, Wan, and Puckard. Instead, let the water do the work. You're listening to Men in Charge, the only radio show that refuses to hire Russian trolls to smear our opponents on the dark web. The Neptunians, with their powerful art of control over all things dilute and watery, up to and including making big pools into murderous death traps, it seems that the Neptunians, that elite scientific cadre, is now allied to the Holy Roman Emperor and his right-hand daughter, Margaret of Parma. Twenty years ago, the Neptunians were born out of a creed war between members of the Berlin Royal Society for Extraordinary Pomposity. 
its brigade of geology fops divided into two rival camps. If natural forces did create the world, were they primarily aqueous, the result of Noah's deluge, or were they volcanic, the result of catastrophic eruptions of the earth as Noah's Ark loaded to the gills with black powder explosive finally touched down on terra firma? What resulted was the kind of full-scale dirty guerrilla war between creedal fiends that only an alternate history's 16th century scientific community is capable of. Ah, this announcer drones on and on with the exposition. Look, it's a complicated story premise. People need to understand. Perhaps, then, you should announcingly introduce me, since this is my part of the episode. Don't, don't comment on the structure of the script. You're taking the fourth wall down to posts and pillars. Anyway, listeners, this is the Marques de Duque, leader of the Neptunian faction of 16th century geologists, who plans and schemes wetly from her apartments in Utrecht at Eilstrasse Number 5. Thank you. Come. Marcus, it's your colleague from the Royal Society for Extraordinary Pomposity here to see you. <laughs> Not that impudent scoundrel Isidora del Gordo, leader of the Vulcanists. I'm afraid it is, your worshipfulness. Dookie, you scoundrel. You sent your Neptunian goons to the opening night of my play. I prefer to call them henchmen. I get a tax break for those. Look, you lackwit. My three-act drama proving the righteousness of the Vulcanist cause was ruined by their heckling. Look at the daily broadsheet. The reviewer writes... The premier of Isadora Delgado's pro-volcano world travel farce, Eat, Pray, Lava, was incomprehensible due to the jeering of a coterie of Neptunians in the audience. During a key soliloquy in Act Two, water balloons were thrown. Stop right there, Delgado. Do you deny that agents of the Vulcanists stole key sedimentary mineral samples from our lab in Belgravia? I can neither confirm nor deny something to which I was not a witness, you pinhead. Come. I'm very sorry to interrupt your meeting, Marcus, but you have more visitors. Who now? Two scary little girls, Marcus. Through here, girls. Thank you, Mr. Butler, sir. Hello, my fine young ladies. You know these girls? Been spreading your ignorant, igneous ideas in the schoolyards now? These are the Matterhorn Twins. The dead-eyed devils of Dortmundstadt? I thought they'd be... Taller and yes, well, twins. They weren't born at all. They were built in the basement of Count Crimson's laboratory. We are here for you, Marcus. We have come for you. No! 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 
Wait, wait, Delgado, did you say Crimson's Laboratory's basement? I did. That's kind of redundant, isn't it? The basement for a laboratory? Why wouldn't he just slap together these these pallid creatures with glowing violet eyes in the lab itself? Your assassins, Newt and Chris, failed to kill Aldo Crossblade, Hungary's king of puppets. Wait! Only one man knew that I had hired those witness assassins. You must be allied to Mr. Dimnipoli. And now you are for his disappointment. Nobody should work in the basement of a... <laughs> you two are so brilliant. I have to shade my eyes while you work. This pays many debts, including hers to Mr. I'm shushing. I'm shushing. If you're finished, ma'am, then I will... Yes. Yes. Your Marquess. She disagreed with something that ate her, and so there was a cleanup in Utrecht by the five. Treachery and counter treachery in today's Chronicles of the Schmalkaldic League listener. Who will be the next victim of the horrific Matterhorn twins? And who is the mysterious Mr. Dinipoli? Sounds naughty. And we're against that kind of naughtiness here on the show. So let's cast our eyes down and to the puritanical south of Bohemia, with its towns full of all-ages co-ed spas and its convenient urban sewer system perfect for disposing of assassins' corpses. It is the ideal place for a puppet master on the lamb to hide out. Ah, what a beautiful day here on the River Styx. Who was it that said... There is no more innocent way for a king of puppets to while a day than catching fish. Hello, fellows. Catching anything? Not a thing. Nothing. Well, I'm going a little downstream to catch all the fish that get by you losers. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, I don't speak much English. We were speaking in German. Um so schlimmer für die englische Sprache. What did he say? Hey, what did you say? He said, so much the worse for the English language. Damn, that is a diss on the English. That guy's cold-blooded. Mother, here. Mother? No, not your mother. Why would your mother be in a stand of river plants? Oh, never mind. Crassflacian, king of puppets. It is me, the Countess. A fish Countess? I don't think the royal lineage's office would allow that. Please, if you will, push aside these cattails. I uh, would, but... Uh... Uh, blind, you're a talking eel. And I am not any eel, Crassflacian. I am your leader. I am your Countess. Well, I should have asked those fellas up the river what they were smoking. I know I stepped through a big cloud of it. Crassblazian, 
focus. I am the Countess von Upskill. I was pinned down at a spa hotel in Bad Homburg by Margaret of Parma. Right. Last thing I heard from you by message, Raven, was that you suspected she was on your trail just up the river. Yes, well, I was attacked. Not by Margaret. The spa big pool rose up around me, congealing into some kind of multi-armed, grasping revenant of the deep. Golly, I wish I had gotten the bad Hamburg assignment while you went into deep cover in Borsovia. Although, I think our assignments had to do with the fact that you are hunted throughout all of South Central Europe because you murdered John Calvin. Oh, that's true. The leader of the whole church? (laughs) Yes. Didn't he scream as he slipped off the basilisk with my feet on the back of his knees? A church that is technically on the side of the Schmolkaldic League? You you had to be there. How did you escape from the weaponized water? There was no other human being in the room to transfer my essence to. As you know, I am one to do if my corporeal frame is threatened without much hope of rescue. Yes, yes. Now you're laying on the exposition pretty thickly, too. The spa is spring-fed, and sometimes small fish and eels get into the bad Homburg's pools. <laughs> you didn't. I had to. You did? I can't believe it. So goodbye, charming, exotic, yet approachable aristocrat's body. Hello, River Eel. So, what do we do now? I suppose I could purchase the waterproof fish basket from those two adult looms up the river and pop you in. No, those two adult loons up the bank are poorly disguised agents of Margaret of Pharma. They are the reasons that you and I need to get away from here and quickly. That's funny. They didn't look like bad types to me. I don't think this guy's all that cold-blooded, fellow defender of Christendom. He didn't even fight back. You hit him from behind, bro. Pick him up. Man, this bony puppet guy's joints are all messed up. Where's the talking eel? Right here, unconscious. In the basket you go. Okay. You think that highly trained fighter type, spy types... Like ninjas? Yeah, like ninjas, yeah. You think they don't need to cultivate their peripheral vision? You think there's anything unsporting about coming at a guy from his six? Be honest. Uh, I'm bored with this conversation. Let's go. And how do you render an eel unconscious, man? You think I'm weird. Everybody thinks you're weird. Shut up, man. You're so mean. I'm sure that like me, and I'm the announcer, people, you didn't see that coming. I mean, I actually got to see the two defenders of Christendom, the Holy Roman Empire. I actually got to see their fisherfolk costumes, and they were good. Nobody could blame Aldo Crasplasian, now a captive of the emperor, for not fighting back against an iron bar to the back of the noggin. And of course, the Countess von Neuxkull, now in the body of a river eel, has gotten the blackout from a weird kind of twisting that one of those guys did to the eel. Weird. It was a uh, slippery, almost, almost sensual. You wonder how he knows those kind of things. How to make an eel go unconscious isn't exactly specialist knowledge, you know. Yes, it is. 
And before we run out of time, or those two guys come back, whichever is first, we must level our gaze at a carriage stop in the swampy wilds just outside Utrecht. Drenched by the constant driving Netherlandish rain, Isadora Delgado waits with her two deadly charges, the Matterhorn twins, Fergan and Zmut. But waits for what? Here we are, right on time, my fine young horrors. The Emperor's Coach. This is the traveling executive seat of the Holy Roman Empire. Be impressed. There are so many Imperial winged archers hidden in those beech trees up there, they could hold all of us a hundred times before we could react. Even you, girls. You do right on top. You'd prefer that anyway. Your Majesty. My, we like to keep mysteriously to the corner shadows, don't we? I can see by your impress of concern that you're wondering if the twins were successful in Utrecht. Yes, they certainly were. A cigarillo from the Emperor's private reserve? I'm flattered, but I don't smoke. Hmm, but my dear, I saw you smoking in the Stevensprat Square of Vienna nearly one year ago. I'm sorry, which Vienna are you talking about? I get around. In fact, I ordered it. I'd always been told that the only way to rid oneself of a witch was to burn her. And in the Stevensplatz that day, where there was smoke, there was certainly also fire, with you at its center. I... Oh. Why don't you remove your disguise and restore your true visage as grotesque as it is? I find this costume of yours disturbing. Hello, Grimhilda, the psychosomatic poisoner. Good morning, Chuck Fire. How's it hanging? Quite well, thank you. And I'm delighted to be the first one to tell you that the moment you set foot in this carriage, your pestilential league, you schmogoldix, for goodness sakes, it sounds like a social disease. Your little club just ended. Finito. Sayonara, schmogoldic league. (laughs) Uh, 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 what? Isadora Delgado, murderous leader of the Vulcanists, is really Grimhilda, the psychosomatic poisoner? Stalwart of the Schmalkaldic League? Seriously, I did not see that one coming. Fortunately, I have time to take a swig from my announcer's flask and to have a nap since we're out of time. Our story will continue in Chronicles of the Schmalkaldic League, The Vulcanists, next episode, and be concluded in a third. Don't hold your breath until then, listener. And before you next go to the land of Nod, check to see that the Matterhorn twins aren't under your bed. Well, Kevin, it's time for me to thank our cast. And it's the most highly paid of all of our actors. 
Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, Davis Hill, Nancy Roth, Ann Porter, Jody Stewart-Strobelt, Steve Lloyd, Miranda Lloyd, Faith Lloyd, and Nisha Schramm. We'd also like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme song. I guess I'll pat myself on the back for writing because today's Because, can episode. I just say, this was all written by Kevin Decker. Yeah, you can tell when you really get into the nitty-gritty of the writing who it is that did it. Ugh. <laughs> and we'd also like to thank our own personal schmalkaldic league, Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Savannah Rothy, Nisha Schramm, Nancy Roth, and the winner of Moody Bible College's competitive Vacation Bible School Design Program, Brian Lindsay. 